Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The Emergencies Act and the Commission hearings on the Emergencies Act, the Canadian Civil Liberties Association writes in part, government had other options than the Emergencies Act and the Commissioner warns of timelines, but government took maximum amount of time to appoint the Commissioner. There's a lot being said, a lot will be said, there'll be many witnesses, there'll be contradictory testimony, and by February we will have to have the report that is the law. Alan Bartleman is a lawyer and special advisor to the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. Mr. Bartleman, thank you very much for joining us. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. So the CCLA's greatest concern and opposition to the federal government's invoking of the EA, how do you most directly express what the association's concerns are? The most direct way to describe our concerns is that this was a overreach of power. It's a federal, a national law that was applied to deal with problems that were overwhelmingly local in nature. In other words, it was overkill. The um, We'll be talking later on today with Premier Scott Moe of Saskatchewan, and uh, Saskatchewan says they were never consulted. They received a call from the federal government with instructions, or at least they were told that the, uh, that the EA was going to be invoked. Is there concern about a lack of consultation with the provinces? Absolutely, absolutely. It's not only Saskatchewan, I believe Alberta uh, also said they received what they called a Valentine's uh, surprise or a delayed Valentine's surprise uh, with the invocation of the Emergencies Act. Uh, and I also understand as well that uh, a number of provincial police services were somewhat taken aback. We heard two days ago, of course, that the Ontario Provincial Police said they had all the legal powers necessary to contain and to address uh, the protests that were taking place. So it's not unfair to say that the deployment of the Emergencies Act, the decision to uh, to use the powers that that act provides for the federal government, was surprising. Yeah, not there was to also, houses, but also to others. There was also. Uh, um, testimony, or at least it was stated by the public safety minister, that uh, the cabinet acted and the prime minister acted on the advice of police. We then found out that that really wasn't the case and the government uh, walked it back. But we have, as you said, the OPP stating that the Emergencies Act wasn't necessary. Meanwhile, though, the Ottawa Police Service lawyer described the presence of the convoy as an occupation and as being both dangerous and volatile, and the lawyer for the former Ottawa Chief of Police, Peter Slowly, suggested the uh, in, that the uh, occupation in Ottawa represented an unprecedented threat to national security. What's your response? Well, with respect to that position, namely that the Ottawa protests were a threat to national security, uh, we need to have that position justified. The Emergencies Act uh, requires that there be a threat to the security of Canada and that this threat be serious enough to constitute a national emergency. A localized protest, even if it can have serious impacts to the residents of Ottawa, which we understand and we acknowledge that this protest did, doesn't constitute necessarily a national emergency. Uh, to the to the integrity of Canada, to the lives and to the uh, to the security of, of Canadians across the country, and that's the key question. Yeah, and we know that the border closures or the border protests had evaporated by the time the Emergencies Act was invoked by the federal government. Certainly in Alberta, they had, and I believe also the uh, the, the bridge in uh, Windsor and Detroit, the Ambassador Bridge, that had also uh, basically evaporated. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. On February 11th, so a number of days before uh, the decision to invoke the state of emergency, according to uh, to the Emergencies Act, uh, Ontario declared its own state of emergency according to provincial laws and was able to clear the Ambassador Bridge, uh, that key border crossing between Canada and the United States, without reference to the federal government's emergency powers uh, and relying exclusively on local regional police services, as well as its own provincial laws. So you have to question the need for an, a national act, this Emergencies Act, to be deployed uh, after the clearings in uh, Coots and also at, uh, in Windsor, Ontario, uh, to deal with protests that were really, again, localized to Ottawa. How specifically does the act define when it should be invoked? Well, again, you, you have that threshold about uh, about the, the threat to the security of Canada and that the threat is serious enough to be a national emergency. So we have to show that the lives, the health or safety of Canadians has been seriously endangered uh, and that the provinces uh, and existing laws are incapable of dealing with that danger. These are really extraordinary powers that are granted. They're, they're sort of independent state, Hollywood blockbuster level threats to the country. Uh, that, that would suffice to trigger uh, the powers granted to the federal government under the Emergencies Act. Now, the Emergencies Act is the so-called parliamentary nuclear option. And I was just thinking that engaging it for the first time since the EA's inception in 1988 has to be significant as far as setting the conditions for any future EA invoking. Will the decisions taken by this government to invoke the Emergencies Act potentially impact on any future government's decision on when the act is in fact appropriate? Well, that's uh, that's one of the key questions that is going to be lurking at the back of the inquiry that we're currently undergoing this this public process. Uh, the results of the report, which is set to come out at, uh, at the end of February of next year of 2023, is really going to be absolutely vital in defining the contours of, of what's going to be appropriate and inappropriate when deciding to declare uh, or to proclaim a state of emergency according to the Emergencies Act. Certainly, it's not something that, that we want to be relying on. And as you pointed out, uh, there is uh, there, there has not been an invocation of the Emergencies Act uh, since it was uh, since it was brought into law in 1988 to replace the old War Measures Act. The Canadian Civil Liberties Association also has concerns and expressed them that the federal government took the full 60 days to appoint a commissioner for the Public Order Emergency Commission and lost two months of time for the commission to do its work. This has to play into, into, the, uh, into the investigation, into this whole commission's activities, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, certainly. It's uh, as you pointed out. This is the first time that the Emergencies Act was uh, was deployed. It's used. Its powers were put into uh, into effect, and the public has the right to a full inquiry, uh, a full, thorough, and comprehensive inquiry. And uh, as well, the the text of the law is very clear that the report has to be provided within 360 days of the end uh, of the revocation or the expiry of the emergency orders. So the, uh, the current inquiry has a very tight timeline uh, to provide a full report. And, and any day that's lost uh, within that 360-day period is, is going to, of course, weigh on the thoroughness of that report. So we are, of course, disappointed uh, that the government took the time that it did in order to appoint a uh, commissioner. What's your level of concern that the hearings will become an adversarial reality, which the commissioner has warned against? I don't see how that doesn't happen at some point. There is a certain level um, of, of uh, adversariality that is going to come about in this sort of process. Obviously, if we put ourselves back into the mind, uh, into the position that we were in February of 2022, 
where we had, uh, we were in full COVID-19. Uh, we had, the, of course, the lockdowns, the provincial lockdowns in place, as well as these very, very divisive protests. Uh, and then the, the decision on the part of the government to deploy the powers of the Emergencies Act, an unprecedented decision. By its nature, this is an emotionally fraught topic. And, and of course, our hope is that the inquiry is going to be able to do its job, uh, get the appropriate level of support and assistance it can from the witnesses, review the documents, and do so in a way that's effective. Yeah, not only was this the first invocation of the uh, Emergencies Act, this is obviously the very first time there's been an inquiry into the invoking of the Emergencies Act. So this is setting precedent as well. What are you going to be looking for going forward? Well, there's a few things, one of which is the level of uh, cooperation of the witnesses. Obviously, we're very encouraged uh, to see the uh, the extent to which uh, the commission has been able to get uh, individuals from uh, really all levels of government uh, up and down, uh, as well as the volume of information that's going to be provided. Uh, one thing uh, to which we are uh, going to be drawing some attention and, and to which we have expressed concerns in the past is the claiming of privilege uh, over certain documents uh, used to inform the decision of cabinet in the lead up to the Declaration of the Emergencies Act. Uh, but we are quite... Um, we are quite uh, encouraged by, uh, by the process as it's been unfolding. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 